Hello, and welcome to Fine Wine, where I talk about old media, or not really old media, that may or may not have aged, like fine wine, and wine about it. Um, so, I am the static coming from your television at 1pm central, and... <laughs> Um, I have new episodes coming out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, so today I'm going to be whining about, um, the 1946 film The Postman Always Rings Twice, or also known as Marilyn, but with extra steps. Well, or Marilyn, Marilyn 1953 with extra steps, except it came out in the future. And what? No, what? What am I saying? Anyways, this film, The Postman Always Rings Twice, was based off of a novel of the same name from 1934. And it this novel has been adapted numerous times. I think this is the third adaptation. Um, but features very similar like plot points to Marilyn. Or should I say, Marilyn features very similar plot points to The Postman Always Rings Twice. Um, seeing as The Postman Always Rings Twice came out six years earlier. Um, six years earlier? 1946. Seven years earlier. I'm dumb. Sorry about that. Yes. The Postman Always Rings Twice came out seven years before Marilyn. Um, but Marilyn is like The Postman Always Rings Twice light. Um, without all the fat. Or... I guess, without all the better stuff in it. <laughs> um, but this 1946 adaptation stars Lana Turner, Mr. John Garfield, Cecil Kellaway, and Hume Cronin. Um, now, unfortunately, there is not a lesbian in this film, like there is in Marilyn. Improvement on the original. Also, Marilyn says, Marilyn 1953 has... doesn't say anything about it being based off of similarity or that it has taken inspiration from The Postman Always Rings Twice or any of the other adaptations of it. So, mm, technically it's not an adaptation. But in my mind, in my mind, Marilyn 1953 is, um, is an adaptation of this because it's like literally the same, just without court. Um, and way shorter because this film is almost two hours long the postman always rings twice um yeah it's 113 minutes definitely over it stays it's welcome at some points um but that's mostly towards the end so we'll definitely hit on that point a bit later but this film i watched this after i watched Marilyn, so I think that's why I have Marilyn in my head when I watched The Postman Always Rings Twice, because it was in my brain, like, first. And what am I an expert at? I'm an expert at wasting my brain space. So things that go in there just stay in there and just deflect any new information. Um, So take that as you will. I'm a dumb bitch. Sorry about it. Not really. Can't change who I am. I'm sorry. But... This episode, 
The postman always rings twice. Let's get started. Um, so we have a dude, Mr. Frank Chambers. He is like, he's the guy that's just drifting along. He's like a jellyfish in a wide open world, floating along the ocean, thrifting, drifting, catching a ride or whatever. Um, so, um, also, side note, this film, I tried to find it, like, everywhere I could watch it, like, I tried to find it on Prime Video, tried to find it on, like, the Netflix, the Hulu, the Tubi, I tried to find this on Tubi, because that has a lot of shit on it, but, yeah, I tried to find this film, like, everywhere, couldn't find it for the life of me. So this is when I started like, um, thinking, hmm, maybe I should use archive.org to start like watching these films because archive.org has like a bunch of films on it from these older periods that always have like not the best, um, archival records. Like, people don't like archiving these things except for archive.org, hence the name. Um, So yeah, my best bud, my homegirl, my sister, archive.org, let me watch this. Um, So, we start off, Mr. Frank Chambers. He is just sort of like drifting around, no strings attached, and he hitches a ride with um, this district attorney dude, Mr. Kyle Sackett, and... Mr. Dude, Mr. Sackett, he drops Mr. Frank off at this roadhouse. Roadhouse? Yes. Roadside house. It's like a diner gas station. Um, Truck house. Trucker house. Episode of Charlie's Angels, where they become truckers and work um, a rural diner. Sign me up. Love that episode. One of the best episodes in season four. Um, probably one of the best episodes of 1976, Charlie's Angels, but that's besides the point. Um, this rural diner in The Postman Always Rings Twice, getting back on topic, is called The Twin Oaks. Um, and it's outside of Los, good old Los Angeles, um, and he's like on a highway. Well, yeah, road, roadside. Um, and Mr. Frank, he's able to get a job there you know, job market in this economy, super easy back then, super easy back in the 40s to just get a job without any prior, prior, um, experience. Nowadays to work at McDonald's, you have to have 20 years of prior work experience. No, that's like completely a lie. But anyways, Frank starts working at this diner. Um, and the diner is run by Mr. Nick Smith, who is like, on the older side, um, I, I would say he looks like he's, um, 50s, almost 60s, I guess, and he has a wife named Cora, who is Lana Turner, and what does she have? She has the bombshell blonde hair, and, well, not red lipstick, but she does put red lipstick on later, um, this was giving me Marilyn flashbacks, or Marilyn flash forwards. So, you know, this is how we start off. Very similar. Um, so, 
Mr. Thing, um, Mr. Old Guy, he runs the diner. And, of course, he has a beautiful young wife who isn't terribly happy with her marriage. Um, And, of course, a young, hot guy ends up drifting to their diner and starts working there. Um, So, at first, Miss Cora, she is like, What are you doing, Mr. Nick Smith, my husband? Why are you hiring this guy? I don't want him here. Get him fired. Um, like, she is, nah, 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 she does not want him here. Um, but what she does want, Miss Cora does want a good restaurant. She wants her diner to be the best rural diner roadhouse in the Los Angeles area in, in 1946. Um, so, you know. She's an ambitious girl. She's a girl boss. Girl boss. Gerber. Um, so Mr. Frank, he's working there. He's working at their diner. Miss Cora, she doesn't like him. She is like, no, get out of here. But what does Mr. Frank do? He starts flirting with Cora like the second he sees her. And what does he do? He kisses her. Like, wow, dude, great way to greet your employer's wife. Um... I guess his logic behind it was, look at her. She's such a young woman, and she's trapped in this situation. I'm going to do the man thing and save her from it. Miss Cora, she's not very into it yet. I say yet because she does get into it later. But she comes out of the kiss, and she's, like, disgusted. She's like, oh my god, gross, and then storms out the room. Like, good for her. Um, Because Miss Cora, she, she knows her husband. She's been married to him for since their marriage. She's been married to him since their wedding. (laughs) Um, But she knows her husband. She knows he's like a sus guy. Um, So she is like, the reason why he hired Mr. Frank Chambers is probably because he wants me, Cora, to be tempted and have an affair with him so that he can catch us. So Miss Thing, she's like, nah, not gonna happen to me. But what does she do? She ends up, like, mm, starting an affair with him. Oops. Um, like, come on, Miss Cora. Use your brain. She did use her brain, but then she decided not to because, you know, they're, like, kissing now in, like, the middle of a doorway, like, in the diner. Ma'am, somebody's gonna come in and see y'all if it's not your husband. And since your husband's the boss, the the boss is gonna get told everything. Like, come on, girl. Get it together. (sighs) Like, even if you're not happy with your situation. Anyways, oh my god, I just... Whenever these situations happen in these films, I'm always just like, there's a better way to go about this. Don't... Don't do that. (laughs) Don't. Stop it. Get some help. Um... Like, honestly, at this point, Mr. Nick Smith, the husband, like, he's probably trying to get himself cucked or something. Um, so, Mr. Frank and Miss Cora are, like, mm, doing it now because they're, like, in an affair. Um, but now they're like, oh my god, I'm so not happy here, Mr. Frank. Let's run away together. Um, why am I doing that voice? Um... But she's like, let's run away together, Frank. 
so they end up running away together. How do they run away together? Hmm. On foot. On foot. In the desert. In full, um, like, formal dress. She's also wearing heels when they're running away together. On foot. Like, come on. Use your brain a little bit. Um, after they try to go, like, obviously it's not going to work out. Because how far are they going to get on foot in, like, suit and tie? Babe, probably not even half a mile. So they get far enough. And then they're just like, oh, let's just turn around. So... Um, Miss Cora's like, I can't run away right now. But then at the same time, she's like, bro, I can't get divorced with, um, with, with, um, Mr. With Mr. Nick, because if I do get divorced with him, um, I'll end up with nothing and I'll lose my diner, my precious, precious diner. Now, this is where we really get like her main, her main, like, motivation in life is the diner because it's like the one thing that she's been able to like run ever um because we get her backstory in a little bit as well um so miss miss cora should have seen this coming when she tried to run away but oh well so they get back to the twin oaks and miss cora she left a little goodbye note for mr for mr nick in the cash register um because, you know, as you do, leaving a note for your husband that you just left. Um, and Cora talks to Frank about how, if she gets divorced, she won't get any of the money. Um, and how we need, and how they need to have the diner. She's like, we need it, babe. We need it. Um, so what is the plan for murdering Mr. Nick Smith? Um, after she talks him into it, obviously. Um, so the plan is Miss Cora getting Nick to get into the bath. Um, and getting Cora to, like, strike him with ball bearings and, um, pretending that he hit his head in the bathtub. Hmm. So what happens when they're doing this is... They set up a ladder going up into the bathroom of the master suite where Nick is going to be in the bathtub. But as they're like preparing to do this, a police officer stops by while they're trying to do murder. I mean, talk about bad luck. I mean, come on. Like, when does that happen? When does it ever happen when you're trying to do a murder, a police officer stops by? Just talk about the worst luck. But since there's a ladder going up to like where all the electrical stuff is, Mr. Frank, he can't... He has to keep the police officer occupied because otherwise it's, like, mega sus. So the cat, like, climbs up the ladder and then jumps onto open electrical wires and causes, like, a power outage in the entire house. And Cora still um, hits Mr. Nick over the head with the ball bearings and... He ends up going unconscious, but he's still alive at the moment. Uh-oh, he's still alive. You know what that means. Hmm. Um, but honestly, this cat saved the day because it makes everything, like, less suspicious. Because you can just be like, oh my god, he probably slipped in the bathtub when the powers went, when the power lines went out. Oops. Um, also, this cat gets, like, fried. 
Like, we see the body of the cat later in the film, and the police officer's looking at it, and he's like, oh, but he was so cute. Um, ma'am, that's like an overcooked cat right there. Don't think you can be calling it cute now. Um, also, at this point, I was wondering, where the hell is the postman? Nothing about this film has to do with the postman. They're not getting any post in the middle of the goddamn desert. And they also don't have a doorbell. So how is he going to ring? Um, bar. Even, how is he going to ring twice if he can't even ring once? Like, come on. Anyways, I know it's like a metaphor for like, um, that, for like the events that happen in the story. But like, be a little like more on the nose, I guess. Be like, the killer always kills twice or double tap or something. But no, Postman always rings twice. I mean, it's definitely very film noir sounding, definitely very moody, definitely very angsty, which is the goal of the original novel. But anyways, um, Miss Cora and Mr. Frank are like super worried because they're like, oh my God, what if Mr. Nick dies now? Um, Because then we'll obviously be like, sussed for being murderers hmm because like i don't know so now they're like hoping that mr nick is gonna be like all right so turns out he's in the hospital in coma and he is awake he wakes up good for him he lived and miss cora and mr frank are like super pleased that mr nick does not remember a thing he does not remember how he was socked over the head with a bag of ball bearings um so frank is working the diner and a police officer drops by and um tells frank that cora is coming back from the hospital with nick Um, And Frank at this point, he's like, oh my god, that's so sad. We didn't kill him. And if we try to kill him again, it will definitely be super suspicious. So I'm just going to peace out from Cora. So he leaves. um, And he literally goes like five feet from the outskirts of LA into actual LA. And he just like hangs out there. Um, Meanwhile, Miss Cora is... Um, living with Nick, being like, oh my god, I'm so glad that you're okay, ha ha ha. And, you know, as you do, they're going about their daily lives. Miss Cora goes to the market, Uh, Mr. Frank knows this, so he waits at the market, hoping to see Cora. But when he's at the market, turns out Nick shows up to the marketplace instead. Um, So Nick is like, oh my god, Frank, you have to come back to the Twin Oaks. Something like big is gonna happen i want you to be there for the news babe um so frank gets invited over by nick and um frank shows up and when cora sees him she's like oh my god bro why are you here like leave because like she knows why he left he knows why he left why he left um you know they both know the affair was never gonna work out because mr nick lived but Mr. Nick announces when Miss Cora and Frank are there at the table that he is selling the Twin Oaks and that he's moving to um, Kugluktuk. 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 In Canada. 
honestly sounds like a really cute town would not mind moving there um but the downside of it is that uh, Mr. Nick says that they're going to move in with his sister who is um, not able to live by herself. So Miss Cora is essentially being taken by her husband against her will to work as a live-in nurse for both him and his sister. Babe, this is human trafficking, especially since they're going to another country. That's like the definition of human trafficking. Like... Sorry, not sorry about it, but somebody has to say it. Um, so Miss Cora, she's like, oh my god, this is, like, not it. Miss Cora is just, like, not happy about it. So she is in the kitchen, and Mr. Frank comes in, and he's like, oh my god, that's, like, so wild. I've always wanted to live in Kogluktuk. Well, he doesn't say that, but, I mean, who wouldn't want to live in Kogluktuk? Um... But Miss Cora, she's holding a knife in the kitchen and is like, oh my god, I desperately want to use it on myself, obviously. I'm done with that murdering life. Um, But Mr. Frank, he's like, no, it's okay, Cora. Um, We're going, I'll kill Nick for you. Um, Honestly, probably wasn't, she probably wasn't even thinking about using it on herself. Um, It was probably like a manipulative or something um so she's like gaslight gatekeep girl boss dance uh, uh, you know um so frank is like yes we'll kill him so mr also at this point i'm like nick definitely knows that cora and frank tried to kill him and that's why he's taking her to northern canada and that's why he's like um making her essentially human trafficking her as revenge like that's what that's my theory on like what it is um but anyways the plan is for frank nick and cora to like go on a road trip together because it's like their last their last um hurrah together so they're going to santa barbara together to finalize the proceedings for the sale of the twin oaks so they're like oh my god let's stop at um what lake is it tahoe i don't know if it's tahoe but miss Cora's is like oh my god i want to go look at this lake but nick is like um isn't that lake like very hard to get to but miss Cora's is like i've never seen it before i want to go see it um so They are, like, going to the... Yeah, they're going to the lake, and it's nighttime, but they've been drinking. Uh Uh-oh. So their plan is to stage, like, a drunk driving accident um, and having Nick die in the car crash. By having somebody, by having like a neighbor see that Nick is drunk, um, then they drive off and then they bonk Nick on the head once they get to like a stretch of road that's like far away from everyone. Um, And then they push the car off of a cliff. But uh uh-oh, Mr. Frank is still in the car and he can't get out of it, so... 
um, both he and Nick fall off the fall off the cliff and Cora is outside of the car and is like, oh my god, what just happened? And she's like, ah! Like, ah! You know, crying for help and um, it turns out somebody was following them this whole time and it was our homeboy, Mr. Kyle Sackett, who was the one that introduced Frank to Nick and Cora in the first place. <gasps> what? Um, also, one of the shots for this film is a hospital that is off of the 710 in Los Angeles. And I think it's a part of USC Keck now. Um, just wanted to throw that in to show that I'm knowledgeable about LA because I am an LA kind of gal. Um, so yeah, little fun fact, they use a shot of a hospital that's not a hospital anymore for the hospital that, um, our girlies frequent (laughs) with all the accidents that they have. Um, but after the car accident, um, the district attorney files charges against Miss Cora for murder because, um, Nick dies in the car crash and well not in the car crash probably because he gets bonked on the head um and already has like brain injury from being bonked on the head literally two weeks before um so the strict attorney is like filing murder charges against cora um hoping hoping that it makes her like mad at frank because if he files only against Cora, then it'll make her think that, like, Frank, um, threw her under the bus. And, like, um, yeah, so Mr. Frank, he's in the hospital because he was also in the car crash. And the attorney comes up to him and is like, if you sign this paper, you will be free. Because I know you didn't want to do it. It was all Cora's idea. So he, like, um does the thing district attorney goes to cora and he like mr frank like fully threw her under the bus for that like jesus um like that's why you always read before you sign um also frank definitely did something against his own interests without when he didn't read the papers that he was signing like come on dude um but Miss Cora is pissed at Frank now because she thinks that he threw her under the bus, which he technically did. But Miss Cora's lawyer, Mr. Arthur Keats, he is able to get Cora to confess to a typewriter guy. But the typewriter guy is the um, lawyer's guy. So he's not obliged to turn any information into the court um, and they just keep it themselves um, so Miss Cora is does not end up fully confessing to the prosecutor nor is she um, able to well nor is the prosecutor able to like lock her up for life um, so Miss Cora ends up entering a plea bargain, which is definitely on her side. 
um, where she pleads guilty to manslaughter. I mean, babe, I don't think you would just get probation for that. I think you would get some jail time, but I guess things were different. Um, but Miss Cora, when she was like confessing to the typewriter guy, she was like, oh, hell nah. This was equal parts guilt. Both me and Frank were in this together. We should both take equal responsibility. Because um, she's pissed because she thinks, well, she, and Frank did, like, throw her under the bus trying to get away scot-free. So Miss Cora's like, egalitarian queen. We both took part in it. It's both of our faults. Like, go off, sister. Um, but Miss Cora is able to get off with just probation. And the Twin Oaks, since it's, like, um, run by a murderess and a murdered, um, you know, true, ki- true crime folks, they eat that shit up. So it makes the Twin Oaks, like, pop off. Um, but Miss Cora and Miss Frank are, like, not happy with each other. But they end up um, marrying so that they don't have to um, testify against each other because I guess there's something like spousal, spousal privileges. So you don't have to do a thing. Um, but since they're married, but they don't, like, want to be to be together because, like, Cora still is like, Frank, why the hell did you throw me under the bus? And Frank is like, I did it because I thought it was better for both of us. Like, come on, bro. Um, Frank's sort of a dumb bitch. And he just becomes even dumber. Frank is the worst, worst main love interest. Um... So, Miss Cora, she has to go take care of her sick mother. So she's like, bye, I'm going um, to take care of my mother. Yeah, my sick mother. Um, So she's like, you take care of the Twin Oaks because I'm going to be gone for like two weeks. In that time that she's gone, Frank ends up sleeping with another woman and ends up, um, that woman ends up leaving like, a scarf in the glove compartment. Um, great Chekhov's gun, by the way. Frank gets his comeuppance. Um, but Miss Cora, she comes back, and when she comes back, um, a man, the man that um, did the typewriter thing for Cora's confession that worked for her lawyer shows up, and he starts like blackmailing them for. Because, like, if you guys don't give me... I think it's something like $15,000. I'll give this confession to the police. And Miss Cora and Frank are both like, Oh my god. Like, obviously, we don't have that kind of money. But also, we can't really accept that. So, Mr. Frank ends up beating up... um, Mr. Kennedy, who showed up with the papers and takes the confession from them. So now they can't be blackmailed anymore. Surprisingly easy. That's why you don't bring the thing that you're going to blackmail with. That's why you don't bring the thing that you're going to blackmail with with you on your person, especially when you can't fight back. Like, big misstep by this dude, Kennedy. But blackmail arc over. 
um, Miss Cora, she ends up getting into the car, and then she opens the glove box, because, you know, what else would you do in a car? Drive? <laughs> As if. So she opens up the glove compartment, and she finds a scarf. So she goes to Frank and is like, bro, I know about you sleeping with this other woman while I was gone. Oh my god. Literally, we're married, but you can't even be faithful, even though we married out of convenience. It's like, still... How could you? Because Cora, she's, like, not sleeping around. She's, well, at least we don't know. But based off of this, she's, like, doing everything in her best interest, which is not getting thrown into jail for the manslaughter since she's on probation. Um, So she's, like, mad at Frank. But then she realizes that she's pregnant. She's paragonant. Um, And she's, like, you know what? Hey, Frank. We killed one dude, right? That means if we give birth to this dude, we're even. We balance out the scales. I don't think that's how that works, babe. But sure, whatever makes you feel better. Um, So, Miss Cora and Mr. Frank go to celebrate at the beach. Um, And they're like, playing around in the water, frolicking about, because they reconciled and... Now she's pregnant with his babby. Um, and they're like, oh my god, actually, we're down with each other. Hmm. So, they're like, oh my god, we're in love with each other again. But they end up swimming. They end up swimming. And they let like, swim out as far as they can. And then get, like, super tired. Um... And, like, Cora almost drowns, but then um, Frank is like, no, I'm not going to let you drown, because guess what? I love you. So they make it back to the beach, and they're, like, all giddy because, wow, you didn't let me die back there. I love you so much. I realized that I loved you this whole time as well. So they're, like, newlyweds, essentially, now. Um, And they're in the car together. And while they're in the car... You do what you do when you're driving, which is make out with the person in the passenger seat without looking at the road. Um, It's an amazing idea, and it gets them into another car accident. So, Miss Cora is killed with their unborn baby. Well, yeah. Well, could... mm, Hmm. Could... Is it baby yet? I don't think it is, because she's not showing at all, especially in the swimsuit. So... Yeah. Well, whatever it is, she's dead along with Cora. It it's dead along with Cora in the car crash that happened because they were making out while they were driving. Like that's so dumb. Like come on. Look at the road when you're driving. Don't like close your eyes and turn your head to the side. <sighs> Anyways, stupidest reason for for death in film. Like stupidest reason in film history. But Frank is now convicted of killing Cora. Um, and for this, he's put on death row. Like, what? <laughs> like, literally. Okay. But anyways, I didn't like Frank, so this is deserved. <laughs> um, so he's visited by Mr. Sackett, the guy that introduced them at the beginning of the movie, and a priest. And the priest goes to Nick and is like, 
bro, you're possessed by the devil and we're going to kill you because that's the only way God will be happy because you're literally a monster. Um, and if you resist your fate on death row about killing Korra, then um, you'll eternally burn. I mean, I think he's already going to eternally burn. But Mr. Frank is like, no, I didn't kill Korra. I loved her. But he's like, I guess this is what I get for killing Nick. And this is where the... um, This is where the title of the film comes in. The Postman Always Rings Twice. Because apparently the Postman Always Rings Twice to make sure that people receive their post. Um, This, this is a lie. Babe, sometimes they don't even ring once. I've missed plenty of packages where the postman shows up to the door um waits one second doesn't ring the door doesn't knock and just leaves and then they leave a little sticky note saying please contact us for to schedule a second drop-off date if you miss two more times then you will have to repay for shipping so annoying hate that um so you know sometimes the postman doesn't even ring um but yeah Fate has made sure that both Frank and Cora got their comeuppance for killing Nick. Honestly, all three of the main characters... Oh, oh, yeah, and that's the end. But honestly, all three of the main characters of this film sort of suck ass. They're all horrible people. I didn't like any of them. Um, but this was definitely, like, a pretty engaging film. Definitely more engaging than Marilyn, which is just a dumbed-down version of this. Um... Also, it was fairly successful, only costing 1.6 million doll hairs to make and making um, 5 million doll hairs in the box office. Like, go queen. Why isn't it on, like, any streaming service? Hmm. If you were so successful in 1946, why aren't you on a streaming service now, huh? Um, but yeah. The Postman always rings twice. Um, pretty fun film. Um, you can watch it if you want. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it w- it's a pretty meh film. Definitely not, not essential, but not, not, um, an eyesore. Not an eyesore, not essential, very middle of the road. The acting... I mean, acting was fine. It's just very blasé. There's not much I can say on it, aside from the the gripes that I've had with, that I had with the plot and for, like, everything that I've already said. Um, at least, um, at least it's, the people are pretty. Mm, no, I take that back. Lana Turner, she was pretty. Um, yeah, she, she sort of has that arresting bitch face on, um, very demure, very kind, but again, again with the blur, they blur her to Helen back and then don't blur any of the guys. So it just makes it very weird. Um, John Garfield, John Garfield isn't that hot. I don't know why they had him as the, um, main love interest, especially when Lana Turner is like, 
so pretty. Because, like, in the scene in the car accident where they're... In the first car accident where Nick is still alive, um, you have Miss Lana Turner um, as Cora, and then you have Frank and Nick as well. And you have all three of them in this one shot, all side by side. And you have this beautiful woman, and then you just have this old dude that's not attractive. And then you have this slightly younger dude that is also not attractive. Like, Homegirl really um, struck out the unlucky lottery. (laughs) Um, And yeah. Also, her outfit when she went to go swimming, she was like wearing um, a blazer, I think. Well, she was wearing like her swimsuit, so her legs were all out, and she had like a white top on. Not top, but like a white jacket on. Super cute. You go, girl. Um, But also when she goes swimming, she puts on a swimming cap and it's hilarious because also who wears swimming caps like casually now? So funny. But yeah, that's The Postman Always Rings Twice, 1946. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, And I hope you tune in on the next one as well. Um, I hope to whine to you next time.